You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, and for me, it's the first Monday of the new year. I wonder if it's the same for David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. David, you're back. Is this your first real day back, or you've been back for a while? Well, I was back last week from Tuesday, but uh, to be honest, nothing happened Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Very, very little. Uh, so on the JSE, there was no trade. I mean, it was, no. it was but the market's strong still, you know. I mean, it's 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 still held up. But I had no one to talk to, you know. I was just sitting here by myself, oh. so uh, watching the market, you know. No one, no one was interested. I think people away, so they're trickling back. I think the school starts this week, so we expect to be back to uh, you know volumes up. You'll see that from probably this week. Global markets as well, I think, even so. They were also birth slow during the week, but lots happening. Yeah. You know, it's not uh, a lot of actions happening. And it's we, we're always interested in the beginning of the year. You know, everybody wants it to be you, – you come out optimistic. So I just hope that sometimes our optimism is not misplaced. Let's hope not. <laughs> First of all, before we get to the markets and other matters, how was Australia? You went to see your family. Yeah, you know, in Australia, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it from two different views. I've looked at it from a South African point of view, and, and I think what always stresses me, Lindsay, is that I've been traveling to, you know, because I've got two brothers there and a son, mm. and my son's been there for well over 20 years, and my brothers, I think, for close on 35 years or even longer. So I've been visiting them very often, almost annually, other than COVID. And I think the one thing that distresses me is that, Back in the mid-80s, when South Africa was still a bit of a powerhouse of an economy driven by our mining sector, uh, Australia was still a junior minor uh, country. They never had really big, major uh, businesses. And in the, those 35 years, things have swung around so much. you know. And the economies are almost equal. I think Australia was always slightly bigger than us from a GDP point of view. But now they've run so far ahead of us. You know, they've just left us eating dust. And I think I always find that distressing. And I look for the answer. You know, why? Why? You know, we know, you know the reasons that we can discuss them. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things before you go on. Yeah, yeah, two economies are traditionally based on commodities. And I would think that mm. of the two, South Africa probably has more resources, more commodity resources under the ground. But the extraction has yes. been totally yes. mismanaged compared to the Australians. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the Australians have massive iron ore deposits. Mm. They're close to China. They have huge coal deposits as well, uh, agriculture. So that has driven it. But hold on a sec. Take us, you know, we, we didn't do what we could have done. That's, that's, I'm say, you know, that's all I'm saying. Yes, maybe they had certain advantages with respect to the growth of China, but there are other things that we didn't do as well. We didn't take full advantage of the array of minerals and metals that we mine and uh, also the efficiencies that we could have introduced. We just let it slip, and they have run far, far ahead. I think our GDP per capita, without getting too technical, in other words, if you take the size of the economy divided by population, yes. I don't know, we've gone backwards. You know, we're about $6,000 or 7000 I think they're in the $40,000, so I might be far out. But uh, they're certainly what you would term first world. You know, they're in a very, very high category. So it's a rich country. You know, it's a very rich country. Yes, it's egalitarian, it's socialist. You can put whatever label you want to, but 
But the people, the one thing that, that I try and explain, you know, and I try and get across, if you feel comfortable about where you live, if you feel happy about your surroundings, you know, you feel safe and secure, you will invest in that country. Yes. If you don't, you won't. You know, and that's why people will pay ridiculous prices for houses. That's why, you know, other people come in and buy these, you know, put up these, you know, ridiculous amounts of money to buy property there. A lot has to do with supply as well, which, um, you know, regulation has prevented supply coming onto the market. You've still got these old houses. That's, that's very technical. But what I'm trying to get at is people want to come in there and live a nice, peaceful, good life. And it drives me mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? And to say, why can't we do it? Why haven't we got the will, the grit to to uh, to do it here? You know, why can't we learn? It's a couple of things that, you know, I do watch quite a lot of news. I remember there was three to four years of crippling drought in New South yes. Wales, for example, and, and forest fires and the environment oh. being destroyed by these fires. And now in the last year and a half or so, there's been these... <laughs> devastating droughts. I mean, it goes from one thing yeah. to another. That's one Plus, thing that South yeah. Africa doesn't have. It doesn't have these extremes of temperature. Yeah. And I know if somebody said yeah. to me, okay, I'm retiring now, where would I like to go? And I get myself a globe or an atlas or something, and I say Australia, and look up the, the recent history of the country, mm. I'd say, I don't want to live there. My house is going to burn <laughs> down or it's going to be flooded. <laughs> Yeah. Do I want well, to be in want South Africa? No, areas. because it's yeah. a lawless society. I want to go somewhere yeah. boring. As you get older, you need yeah. to be boring. Would you live in Australia? Mm. You know, if, if Australia was around the corner, probably I'd like it, you know, but it's so far east. You know, I always joke it's 2025 there already. It's, uh, you don't know what the date line is. <laughs> it's, um, but it's, it's, you know, it's a very, it's an easy, when I say easy country, just things work. People get along. They don't interfere. Uh, you can always uh, you can spot South Africans a mile away, and I don't <laughs> think we're the most popular there, mainly because we brash and loud and and noisy. And you know you'll you'll see you'll notice Australians in a traffic light or robot, they stand there on the pavement yeah. waiting for the lights to. Not South Africans. South Africans are already edging forward, you know, standing in the drains, kind of wanting to <laughs> run across. And if ever you're driving and you see someone dash in front, you know. South African. You know, South I walked. <laughs> I had an Australian who I was interviewing, and she had to go to <laughs> her hotel, which was around the corner from the Artscape Theatre, where my old radio station was. And we were walking along, and I went to the traffic lights. And you know, it's, you get the green man or you get the red man, and so you can cross yeah. with the green man. And um, mm -hmm. <laughs> there was nothing. I think it was a Sunday afternoon or something. I just interviewed her on some matter, whatever it was. And there was no traffic whatsoever in either direction. Mm -hmm. And I started walking when the thing was red. She said, what are you doing? You can't do that. <laughs> in Australia, <laughs> you'd get a ticket for that. You would be fined yeah, yeah, for walking yeah, across yeah, without yeah. the green man. So it's a little bit of a mm. nanny state as well, I think. I know. No doubt about that. You know, every, every time I was looking for a parking uh, and I saw one, I would, I would stop. I wouldn't park there because I go check the boards. There's so many rules and you've got to be – you've really got to have a PhD to understand whether you're allowed to park in a certain spot or not. You know, it's very, very confusing, the times and whether you're a resident, whether you've got a permit or whatever it is. And, you know, because of Australia's 
situation, you know, particularly the eastern suburbs, a lot of the, the, the very few houses actually have uh, parking garages, you know, only very large houses and so on. So most people, particularly in suburbs like, uh, you know, like Darling, uh, Darling Point or in uh, um, Paddington, all these, and they, they're very nice upmarket suburbs, they all park outside. You know, mm. People park their cars outside. So parking is, is, is a big issue. They adhere to the rules. They do. You know what I mean? You, you don't park where you feel like it. You don't skip or, or, or get on the pavement. Forget about it. I, I also went to um, – I watched the cricket. I went to a football game there. And I think there are a lot of expats who miss their British soccer. You know, they miss, they, they miss sitting behind the goalposts and singing – so here you have these the Sydney FC. I mean, it's a useless team, and they've got this loyal band of supporters in a crowd of a few thousand who sing the whole game. You know, and you say you can see they're just trying to recreate the atmosphere of a of a, of a UK team, and that. But but they they keep trying. I don't know what they're singing, but they make a noise. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about yeah. football later on because it's been a great weekend and a great few weeks since we yeah. uh, last spoke. One thing that I did learn from my acupuncturist, a very fine woman, uh, she's a bit of a hippie, and her and her partner, you know, they go off into the country and um, do yoga and swim in streams and things like that in the Netherlands. She never takes her phone with her. She turns it off for the ten days that they're away or whatever it is. And I thought I'm going to do that now. Of course, I couldn't manage yeah, it, but I, yeah. but, but I tried to. But what I didn't do, David, was keep abreast of the markets because I got really bored at the yes. end of last year with markets, actually. I was overloaded with market information. I've seen a couple of things. So you've got to tell mm. me what has happened since we last spoke. Uh, not a lot. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I, but I think a lot is going to happen now. I think, Lindsay, the biggest story, and we're seeing it here, is, is uh, the China reopening. Mm. Uh, Xi from you know from learning from the collapse of the Chinese economy or really uh, the pressure being built up from within the country um, and seeing how it was affecting people's psychology and 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 also the economy I think has eased laws now has eased the rules and this is you know if China reopens this is after almost three years so the amount of pent up savings the amount of pent up demand. I think is going to make a big difference in the markets responding to it. You know, it's been driven up by commodity companies. So I think that to me has been the biggest, the biggest story, you know, that we have to watch out for. What, what does it really mean? And I think the other one, Lindsay, is, is I haven't seen pictures of you sitting outside and shivering. In other words, no, it's not cold uh, at all. It's not cold. Yes. And I tell you how I know. I'm looking outside my window now, looking at my bird table. I put food out for the birds in the winter. But they're not coming yeah. around because they're doing other things. They've been fooled by this weather. They're going making nests and, yeah. and doing whatever they do yeah. to have babies and, and, and stuff. And they don't come to the bird table. In really cold That's weather, it. the place is full of robins and chaffinches and, and rooks and yeah. blackbirds and everything. There's nothing going on because there's so food everywhere else. Pro- yeah. It's unbelievable well, what's happening here. Fallen as a result. Yeah, no, have so you seen the gas price? Gosh. Yeah, well, it's collapsed. It's collapsed but completely. But I think everybody feared, you know, that, that that was one of the big risks. You know, there were three risks, of course. Let's do, you know, talk about inflation. The other was uh, Putin. Uh, the other was uh, you know, Putin's leverage um, on gas prices, and that's not happening because 
the demand hasn't gone through the roof and Europe seems to be coping. And the other was China. Mm. And, um, you know, all of those, so, so they, they're quite important going forward. Um, I think Putin is, a, is, is, is also, Russia is a big story as well. Um, the war is not going well for him. Um, I don't know what his next move is. No one can read him as well. But, uh, you know, last year at this time, everybody expected, well, what's head of the war hadn't broken out, but we all thought that Ukraine would collapse and there'd be all kinds of chaos. But they're still fighting. And if anybody's uh, withdrawing, it's, it's, it's Putin. Mm. The West is providing arms and so on. So, you know, that's another, yeah, it's always at the back of our mind that something can happen. But it hasn't turned out as bad um, as, as we expected. So, you know, so it's a tick for Xi. I mean, a positive tick mm. against him, but positive for the world economy. The same thing with Putin, and uh, and and even in the um, you know even in the U.S., Biden came through with the election. Um, that, you know that's old news as well. But but inflation's starting to fall there as well. There's still a massive number of bears out there. You read any report, everybody's forecasting the collapse. But I think most people who who wanted to get out, you know, a collapse on the strength that. That the, that, that the U.S. economy is going to go into recession and, uh, you know, corporate results are going to come under pressure. Inflation is going to be sticky. You know, I'm, I'm just repeating what we spoke about last year. But it doesn't seem to be that bad, uh, particularly with oil prices kind of coming back and uh, a lot of the issues that, that pushed up inflation starting to ease back. And I think the big one was on Friday with the jobs numbers. The jobs you know, numbers are still seen, good, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They're still robust. Yes, but we haven't seen wage inflation. You know, we haven't seen wage inflation kind of run amok and uh, go through the roof. So, yeah, you know, it's, it just depends now on on uh, how, the, how the Fed's going to play it, whether they're going to, um, you know, they, they've been – talking very tough and whether they're going to continue or maybe start to admit, hold on a second, we can start to take our foot uh, you know, off the pedal, we can start to ease back. So I think these are going to be things that we're going to watch very carefully. But markets haven't run away. You know, They still remain under pressure. They're still they kind of muted. The JSE has gone very strong mm. on the strength of China's reopening and particularly on the mining side. So we're up, I think, maybe 6 7% in five days. Yeah. Even more. It might even be more. I don't think that'll last, but um, it, nah, especially with nah. the mining numbers that we saw in December yeah. and mining production yes. numbers. But David, just talking about the bigger picture, the global economy, there's two opposing forces here. Number one, commodity prices and inflation coming down and they will continue to come down and they'll be down to like three and a half four percent by the end of the year probably as opposed to the 10 11 percent that we became used to and so that's a good thing and that means interest rates start to come down there's a lag time of course maybe three to four months time we'll see interest rate cuts which is good for the economy on the other hand though the perceived recession will come I mean, when you see the jobs numbers from the United States, you think, well, this is a very unusual recession because people are still hiring people. Two worlds are going to collide at one stage this year, and I wonder which one will win. And the other thing is, of course, the tech boom. I mean, look at this thing. What was the latest one? Was it Amazon that were cutting? Goldman Sachs cutting 3,200 jobs, and they must think, okay, we're not transacting as much as we used to. And, of, of yeah. course, all your favorite tech companies slashing yeah. jobs ruthlessly. Yeah. Well, you know, they were a bit reckless, to be fair. Mm. And I, th- I think the one point 
that we'll see with the results is that, you know, they made these massive margins and they made massive amounts of cash, which they're still going to be making. The thing is that they put a lot of money into research and development, and a lot of it was particularly, we know it with Meta, you know, uh, creating this metaverse and everything. It was a lot of reckless amounts of spending and almost arrogant spending um, by by these businesses. The thing is that all they do is that they cut back on that research and development budget. Yes, it might not be good for, for all those tech engineers that are coming out of universities and are getting jobs. But at the end of the day, from a business point of view, it drops to the bottom line. Yeah. You know, in other words, the large amounts that they're not spending on CapEx just goes to your bottom line and, and improves your improves your earnings and improves your balance sheet. It's not discounted. No one's saying that. But I think that's why when Amazon decides to cut jobs, uh, Salesforce are cutting jobs, um, and a lot of other businesses are just tightening up, that's why the share prices are responding. I It had to slow down. The shift to the cloud, you know, I, I, I think too much growth was built in in heady times, and it was bound – you know, it was bound to slow down. But what it does, if you look, it doesn't mean that these businesses are losing money. All it means is that the growth is slowing. You know, you know what I mean? The, the growth in earnings is slowing. Earnings are still pointing upwards, but not at the same pace as they were. So it's not a disaster position. Of course, your share prices will adjust, you know, because you haven't got this high growth and therefore the, the multiples are maybe a little stretched. But I think to an extent, a lot of it has already been discounted, you know, in, in, in the market. So I think just, just um, if, if anything, I think those, the tech stocks, Lindsay, have been responsible for holding back the S&P. Take a few of those tech stocks out. And the S&P hasn't done that badly. And if you look at the performances of, of, of say, in in 2022 for the Dow Jones, I think it was down 9%. S&P was down 20%. NASDAQ was down, I don't know, 25%. So people went into the value stocks. Maybe now is the time to get out of value and back into growth. I I believe that, you know, in a moderate way. You know, I've never – I've always been balanced. I mean, I've I've, I've liked a handful, you know, out of a – portfolio of 15, 20 odd stocks, you'd have maybe five tech stocks. You know, it's always exaggerated by their performance. But I think um, I've always had a lot of, you know, I still believe that you've got to diversify into into other areas. So, um, and they've held up, you know, the, the pharmaceuticals have held up. Um, a lot of the UK, the U, sorry, Europe has done very well. Luxury has held up pretty well. Mm. So I think you've got to, I, Coming back to 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 my you know strategy, would I sell those tech stocks? No, I'm not going to. You know, we still got a lot of historical profit built in. I still believe they're doing okay. You know, I don't expect massive amounts of growth. I'm talking share price growth from them, but it doesn't mean that the profitability is 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 not there. They're still doing all right. Yeah, they're you know, doing I'm not fine. The, the, yeah. the, the CEOs, the, the the CEOs have yeah. lost a lot of money, David. I was looking yes, at the Forbes, yes, yes. The Forbes analysis, yes. and I, I noticed that Elon Musk lost $132 billion last year. I mean, he didn't lose it because oh, he never wow. had it. It was just on paper. But, yeah, I don't know. And they he's also, a maverick. I, you know, I, I don't, think he's a nut I job, personally. I, yeah, I, I, I get scared of of uh, CEOs like that, you know, who go all over their place and 
start to believe their own publicity and really think uh, they're bigger than anybody else. Just just behave yourself. Run the company. You know, you have shareholders' money. It, uh, it doesn't matter even if you're a large shareholder yourself. You've still got outside shareholders. Look after their money and act responsibly. Mm. So I, I, yeah, I've, I don't own the shares. I haven't owned the shares. I've watched them. But Tesla's a nice car. It's you know, a beautiful I've got car. nothing against the product. Yeah. But uh, I, I, just the kind of manager I would avoid. When I saw him dancing years. on stage when he was unveiling some new car or some yeah. new truck or something and they were playing music and he was dancing, I thought, nah, I'm sorry. No, know, I agree with There's you. something wrong with no, you. You don't dance. Um, the mm-hmm. world's richest man is now the CEO of LVMH, I think it is, isn't it? Bernard Armand, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the world's richest man now because all the tech boys have lost so much money. (laughs) Uh, Well, he runs a good, yeah, I mean, it's a good business. Mm. And and I'm always amazed because in in the Sydney airport on my way home, uh, I walked around, you know, there are an enormous number of Asian tourists that come into Australia. It's easy access. Mm. It's, uh, they enjoy it a lot. Lindsay, a lot of, uh, well, this is not in the airport, a lot of people come in these massive boats. You know, you see them, I don't know how many offload, you know, the boat docks and couple of thousands, thousands of people just, mm. you know, just go out and spend and buy beers and buy everything. But Asians that come in, if you go to the Sydney, which is a duty-free airport, it's all luxury. Yeah. Just luxury shop after another. And unaffordable, you know, from from point of view. And you look at these ridiculous shoes, you know, Adidas and Nike. They 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 go into partnerships with some of the big names, and they just they design these kind of uh, very fancy sneakers that, you know, which is a very strong fashion item at the moment. But thousands of dollars, you know, you're paying for a um, the combination of these uh, designers. But but what what I'm trying to point out is that. You go through there and you see bags that are going at ten thousand dollars, you know, five thousand dollars. I'm talking uh, probably U.S. at the moment. Mm. It's just crazy that people will spend their money, but they've got it. You know, they've got it. Look, when when I was in Australia, a house um, a house changed hands at a hundred and thirty million dollars in Sydney. Uh, in Sydney, mm. yeah, that was Australian dollars. I mean, it's still, I don't know what we are. It's a lot of dollars. 12 against a dollar. Mm-hmm. No, it's a lot of money, you know, and, and it, but it just gives you the, yeah, it's 11.7. So at the moment, I mean, that's all they talk about is, is, is house prices there. I mean, mad, mm. absolute mad prices there for housing. Anyway. Yeah, and so as I said, it'll be it'll be burnt down <laughs> one year and then rebuilt and then it will be flooding the next. Um, <laughs> yeah. No matter how so, much it costs. Not, not in Sydney. Not in, not, <laughs> I think in the north 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 Sydney, there's um, there were issues there. West Sydney, I can't even now. There've been some flooding there. Yes. Okay, um, David. Um, so just quickly look at the your general, very general and broad stroke outlook for 2023. Cautiously optimistic, sexually no, optimistic. What? Which? Which one? You've got I'm to be choosy. much more. I'm more optimistic. I, mm. I think that that um, I think that there's too many bears out there, and I don't think conditions um, are as bad as they're making out. Remember, Lindsay, they talk their book, and they're very underexposed. And you know, if I never had any shares in a portfolio, and you were speaking to me now, mm. I'm going to tell you that things are bad. You know, and I think a lot of people are speaking to the books, even though I'm saying, oh, yeah, I can see things are changing. 
So you want things to get worse. So I think I think a lot of asset managers are underweight equities, but I think the signs that we're starting to see are not as bad as perhaps the market is discounting. I'm not expecting great things in the quarter, you know, because I think the Fed's going to stick to its policy and it's going to going to be a lot of tough talk, you know, as we saw with the minutes that came out last week. You know, uh, nothing's going to happen in 2023. I don't know. The market's saying. Well, we're not quite that sure. You know, we're not that sure. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm ready to start looking. And, you know, had a meeting today and said, okay, let's review where we are. Let's review what we've got. Are they still relevant? What should we add? Are there any interesting businesses that we can add, um, you know, in the next few months? Okay, well, you'll keep me in touch with that, obviously. That's because we speak regularly. Now, David, let's talk about um, more important matters, Mm. and that's football. It was my ideal weekend. Okay. Now, Ipswich won 4-1. That's my great love. I've been supporting them now since uh, February, sorry, December the 26th, Boxing Day, 1975, slavishly, stoically, and unstintingly a supporter. They won 4-1, so they're into the fourth round of the FA Cup. Let me go to Barcelona, yes. my second yes. great love. I've been sporting them uh, since 1977 when I first went to see them play in Barcelona. They won 1-0 against uh, Atletico Madrid. They're now three points clear at the top of La Liga. And then Manchester City, who I follow because you know, Josep Guardiola, mm. who's a Catalan from Barcelona, obviously, they beat Chelsea 4-0. And my two remaining brothers oy, oy, are Chelsea. staunch Chelsea fans and have been oh, for yeah, decades and I said to them you should never have um, appointed no. Graham Potter as manager Graham, nah, you can't nah, go from a small nah. team to a big team like that yeah. and also you should never have bought Aubameyang from Barcelona although nah, it was a cut nah. price deal like 14 million quid mm. or, or something because he's a bad nah. seed and I've been proved mm. right on both counts so I had no. all three of my teams did very well indeed, so it was good. And your team yeah. tonight, Arsenal, yeah. playing away to Oxford in the third round of the FA Cup. I'm looking forward to yeah. watching that. Yeah, I, You know, they, they have to take it seriously. I don't know whether they're going to risk players because they've got some big games coming up. They've got Spurs and Man United. Mm. And, you know, they, they, they've got a good squad, but I don't think it's a, it's a squad that can afford injuries. I think they've managed without uh, Jesus. You know, I think it was sad, but Ketty is coming through. But I think... They can't ride their luck. And it's funny, Newcastle, whom they could not score against and who upset their rhythm, went down to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, they did. I mean, that was a great game. You know, and I mean both teams played brilliantly. You know, and this Sheffield Wednesday coming up, you know, up and coming side could could get promotion. So it, you know, and, I, and then of course you mentioned you forgot the big game. Because on your recommendation I started to watch the TV series, what's it, Wrexham? So, um, you, oh, you yeah. said I could Coventry watch. 3, Wrexham 4, and Ryan Reynolds was yeah, ecstatic yeah. On, on Twitter about that because him and some I other know. Hollywood actors. But actor it was a great game. Them, wasn't it superb? Yeah. yeah. But it's a great TV program, that as well. You know, just, uh, it's, it, 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 it's just wonderful to go to this old club and see the loyalty that they still have, regardless of where they are playing, how seriously they take their games, you know. And this is down in the fifth, the equivalent of the fifth division. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I, I love that kind of thing, you know, where people just remain. Lo- I've got some friends, you know, during the 60s here and the 70s, a lot of cl- uh, clubs followed us. And a very good friend of mine is a Bolton supporter, and he remains Bolton. Good for uh, him. Another is a Burn- 
and others are Birmingham, you know, and every week they watch and and comment and moan and groan, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. It's, yeah, a, it's a community I love thing. That they yeah, I love that they haven't gone elsewhere and said, oh, you know, I love Chelsea or I love this. They keep plodding along watching Bolton, you know. <laughs> I'm the same. Match after match. Every Saturday, every <laughs> single Saturday, I, I pay £11, including VAT, to a streaming service called I Follow Ipswich, and I can watch the game live on yeah. television. And it doesn't matter if Ipswich are bottom or top of the league. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I always I watch them. It gives me an enormous amount of pleasure. In yeah, fact, I if I weren't a football supporter, I'd probably be quite successful now because I've wasted so much time on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I would, I've gone through Arsenal the same way. I mean, we've got, oh, you know, since for the last what, almost 15 odd years, it's just been a slog. And you watch them, and each week you comment on that. So, yeah. but but I'm I'm happy the way they're playing. You they're know? playing not, brilliant football. Yeah, they're playing very nice football. And so, you know, it might go against it. They might be outsquatted by <laughs> outsquatted by. City. Uh, Man City. I, I think Liverpool are looking awful. Yeah, uh, Liverpool and Chelsea, and really yeah. ordinary, aren't they? Liverpool, very ordinary. I, you know, uh, just watching them struggle one nil against Portsmouth. I mean, that was Spurs. Sorry. Yes. Spurs also looked a bit, a bit. Strange. They're a good team, but they just, I don't know. Anyway, if you look at Harry Kane, Spurs, who's 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 one yeah. of the greatest goal scorers in English football yeah. history, you look at him. He has never won the league. He's never won the FA Cup. Yeah. He's never won the no. League Cup. He's never won any European yeah. trophy. Spurs are rubbish. They're, they they're perennial yeah. underachievers. Mm, they are. They can play some very good soccer sometimes. They can really play. Son has gone off and he's just gone off the boil. He's just not the same person he was last year. I don't know. They're missing some something there. Yeah. Liverpool also missing that. Man United, okay. Yeah, I like Eric Ten Hag. Anyway, I, I can't stand Man we'll United, see. but I like Eric Ten Hag because of, he used to be, be at Ajax and, and, and he did very uh, well yeah, there. He's, yeah. a very, he's a very uh -huh. educated person. Uh -huh. David, thank you very much for your time. Right. Welcome back. We'll speak again tomorrow, probably, on the 5 o'clock yeah. show. That's David Shapiro from Sassoon Securities. And that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.